Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody, and uh, today is Veterans Day, and we'd like to thank all the veterans out there and the ones that came before, and we do have a vet on the show today. We have, well, he came in, I thank him very much, thank you, Dick Belsky, for pinching in here, and Fran and I were doing a show with Larry Sheridan, and uh, so, but Dick was on a few weeks ago, and he said he would like to do a show with Fran and I. So here we are, all three of us. And now, here I am. Which, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And let's just see which all which one of us can talk the most. we got three talkers on this show, so this should be very, a lot of fun. And, um, and yes, well, I am. And, and as, you, as, you, as yes. you pointed out on Veterans Day, I am a, yes. I am a veteran. There you go. So, yeah. Yes. And we will talk. I wanted to talk about this a little. Fran? I'm here. Fran? Okay, good. You had a show this morning. Oh, yeah. Fran had a Fran had a show this morning. Um, you mm-hmm. know, with John Lynn and you had a, a Navy Seal. Yes, I did. And so yeah. I was listening to the show, and so I mean, this is an important. I mean, it's really good to honor people that have fought for this country. You know, because this is America, and this is a great country. Tell, tell you know, Dick. Well, I'll ask you a question. We never really talk about this too much. You know, what made you decide to go? Or did you get drafted? <laughs> did you get drafted? Uh, it, was you get something drafted? Called, it was something called the draft. And, yeah, right, uh, and the, the government number, your number came said, up. <laughs> your number no, came up. I was, even, okay. I'm, I was even before the numbers. I was, they just took oh. everybody uh, back in yeah. the height of the 60s draft. So yeah. I was drafted uh, and wound up spending uh, a couple years in the Army and one year in Vietnam. Um, and, uh, you know, it's one of those, so when you look back on it, it was an interesting experience, but at the time it was, uh, oh, yeah. I, you know, you would rather have been doing something else, but, um, you know, it was a crazy time in the 60s. But, you know, one of the things about Veterans Day, too, that's interesting is a, a lot of people, in fact, I've even at times done it, uh, you know, confuse the holidays, you know, so Memorial Day, though, people, you know, will honor you, whatever, and Memorial Day is actually for the dead and, you know, people who died in wars, and yeah. uh, uh, Veterans Day is basically a day that anybody who was a veteran. And, yeah. you know, for many of us, um, you know, even if you're not a veteran, I mean, I happen to have been, like, because of the circumstances, but um, most of us, you know, have veterans in our family, our fathers or grandfathers or whatever. Well, you know, I, yeah, my father wasn't, Fran, we were talking about this. Fran mentioned a whole a lot of people in her family, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Fran, you know, I mean, it was very interesting, Fran. The way I mean, because it just came to be that those two decided to write a book together. Yeah, the book is really interesting, and the most those are the ten frogmen rules, and those are used um, in, in after each chapter, and it, it's the how to deal with people, positive thinking, common sense, and at the end of each chapter, it tells um, how you, how you can help yourself, better yourself in this world, and. I, th- I think that was the best part of the book, besides his story as a Navy SEAL. And I still think that he should take these 10 Frogman rules and turn it into a handbook so that people can actually read them and understand yeah. them. It's like loyalty and leadership and all, all sorts of things. And at the end of each chapter, he tells how it helps with your mental health and stuff. It's great, yeah. And he's writing yeah, another one. This is kind of the subjects we were going to talk about today. But before we start, a yeah. little, Fran, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself? I mean, you've been on the show, but you know, people know who you are, and, and Dick, both of you have been on the show. I don't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's me. I am uh, Just Reviews, and that's what they call me. And I am MJ Network, after my sister. And I am an author, but basically I'm an educator. 
And um, 36, I taught for 36 years with children with learning disabilities and loved every minute of it. And had my mom not been diagnosed with, with Alzheimer's, I probably would have been in a, a supervisor somewhere, hopefully. But basically, I am very proud of, of what I did because my students are on Facebook and they remind me every day. And the, the fun part is if they need help with anything with their kids, they know how to private message. Right, I'm serious. <laughs> and they do need help. I, I know that you always mention that. Trust me, I know. Trust me, yeah, they you do. know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I would. I didn't like school very much, but you know, I did it. Like I used to. All right, Dick, do you want to um, want to tell everybody? You have a lot of things going on. And, <laughs> yeah, well, and I'm many a different names. Time. That's what we're going to talk about because Fran wants to talk about the names. Yeah, and, you know, how do you yeah, choose another yeah. name? So well, tell everybody know, a little trying, bit about trying yourself. Trying to stay one step ahead of everybody by changing your yeah. name. No, um, I. Uh, <laughs> I uh I uh I'm a long time uh you know as a lot of people heard me know I'm a long time uh, New York City journalist uh who I worked as the New York Post, New York Daily News, NBC News and other places. So uh but along the way I you know I write novels and uh, I've now written I think 19. I think the my the one that just came out I think was my 19th. And um I uh, currently write uh, you know a couple series one of which is the big one that I've been doing for the past few years is uh, Claire Carlson uh, who she's a TV journalist in New York and uh, what what uh, you and Fran were referring to I also write books under the pen name of Dana Perry um, mm-hmm. and uh, those are mostly online books for a bookature which is a big company in London but they're like thrillers and uh, um, so I just had a new one, uh, I, which we talked about, I'm, you know, both with, I talked about with both of you called Silent Island that, uh, came out. These are mysteries that are actually set on the island of, uh, Martha's Vineyard. Um, so that's, yeah, that's me and that's kind of what I'm up to. See, I think like Fran, we were talking about that, you know, uh, the things Fran wanted to know, oh, we, you know, cause Fran doesn't get to always talk. So Fran asks, <laughs> cause you're always asking questions of all the authors, but, Fran, you know, you wanted I, – I, we were talking about if people change their names. Yeah, right, I was Fran, wondering because yeah. I have a reason. I can't say why. But yeah. um, I, I've been reading my reviews on Goodreads, and I'm getting disturbed, <laughs> very, because yeah. these are not people that actually read the book. These are people that I think uh, just write, you know, I don't like the book, or they give you the one star or two stars but haven't read it. And I have a feeling that somebody's putting them up to it. I don't know why, but they were. They are. There are a lot of uh, people in the world. I didn't even realize that 20 people read Population Zero on um, Goodreads, where only four read it on Amazon. And I'm looking at all my other books, and that's one, 40, 40 reviews and 90 reviews. I was like, what? I mean, I know, I know, I know they're getting them. Well, I, th- I think that's another thing, you know, because you know, uh, we've talked about it before. As far as reviews go, yeah. you know, they t- they keep taking reviews off for people, and I don't really get it, you know. And they're not going to take them off it. of Goodreads. I asked them to, and I said, could mm. you take the book off? And I did uh-huh. tell them that there are people that are just, you know, trolls. They don't seem to really care. They really don't. Yeah. Um, if that well, was Amazon, yeah. you might have a shot. They wouldn't take it off at all. And I said, you know what? I don't answer them. But I, so I, I just suggest that you write under another, just write under another name then, if you think that's. I have to come so, up with something really. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I went into one of the offices today. I won't say where. And I said to the staff, "If you have somebody that you really don't like and you want me to put him behind the stone, let me know what they did because I could use right. some, you know, characters." <laughs> <laughs> they looked at me. They go, "You're kidding me." You know, for, uh, Fran. You know, uh, we we talked a little bit about this on your show. I guess it was last week with uh, uh, Charles Salzberg and a few others, which is yep. the yeah. the pros and cons of uh, you know that anybody can post anything on you know yeah. online now about you. Yeah. And uh, you know, this has changed so much since. So I started writing. I think my first novel came out in the '80s, and you know that really you, you know most of the reviews you got then were like you know actual reviews. And if some a reader right. wanted, they right. send you right. they send you a right. note and say I hate liked your book whatever you know but um but you know now uh anybody can do anything they want and that's good in one sense because i mean you get all these people can be talking about your book and hopefully they like it um not everybody will like it i mean you can go to any big book on amazon and there'll be no matter how many five-star reviews there'll be the one-star review you mm-hmm. know hey I, I, I don't like stephen king i don't like uh you know uh yeah. gillian flynn whoever the big names are but um 
but then like you say too there are people that just have agendas there there are people i think who just um for whatever reason get satisfaction out of writing something you know yes, hurtful and I it's think not even I think really that's a review really true. and and yeah. and the best the only really thing defense about that and this is something else we talked about and um is uh and i think most authors will will tell you this which is you just gotta like look the other way. I mean, you can't react to it. Mm-hmm. It's like because uh, it'll drive you crazy, you know. But I mean, it's true. I know I'll get. I could get you know fifty wonderful reviews, but if I get one one star with somebody telling me I don't know what I'm doing, that's the one that it does. It, you do remember that. It's tough. Yeah, you do remember that. But that you know, you know, and it's actually not really fair to the reader in a lot of ways the way they do it because people, you know, they exchange. They said they're going to read a book for each other. I don't like to do that, that I'll read yours, you you read mine. I, I really don't yeah, care yeah. for that, you know. Uh, but that, people do that, and so they're not even reading the book. They're just, you know, somebody might have read the book, and then they might, and they just give a review anyway, you know, whether good or bad, you know. But I just, I the whole review system, the whole Amazon system, Goodreads, I mean, they need a, you know, a whole shift, of how they're doing things because well, it's just the way the market is going now, you know. And yeah, well, I, I mean, said we it all to them know, too. And I, I told Amazon, yeah. I said you need to separate your reviews. You know, the reviews from the opinion from the gunk. I mean, well, they, they don't. They don't do that. So, you know, I think a, a writer just has to move on. That's why I told yeah, you yeah. to just write under yeah. another name and forget but it. I, I, I don't think it's just. You know, I don't think that particularly even changing the rules of Amazon or Goodreads are really going to. Solve they anything in the thing because because I mean you know anybody can put anything online right now they want I mean if I uh, if uh, if Amazon won't if I want to write if I want to write a, uh, a a a I mean I'm I'm out to get Fran and I want to write a history review and Amazon won't let me put it up all I have to do is tweet it out I, I can make a I know that's the other I can thing do anything. right it's a very so right it's, it's the whole society the nature that's of it true. yeah 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 and I try to uh, stay away from everything like that I really do I don't like to get involved in any of that because you know. When I share stuff or like stuff, I'm really pretty careful. If I don't know them, sometimes I look. I just want to make sure there's nothing mm-hmm. I'm doing that I would be sorry for later. Because it's really gotten a little berserk out there, you know, and it's not like it was before. And in the in years ago, which Dick, I know you know this too, you know, people when you wanted a review, you'd send the book to the reviewer, or you know, but <laughs> they don't, you know, not to, not reviewer like this. I mean, you know. We didn't. It was just you would send it to a, if they want. If you wanted maybe a magazine to cover the book, or if you either wanted, sure. you know, then you sent a book, or if you wanted it to be in the newspaper, you know, you would send the book and, and you know a, a note. You know, that was before all of this craziness. Now that everybody can do whatever they want, and but I think. I mean, parts of it is good because it's really open to everybody now that really should be, you know, yeah. a lot of people didn't get published. So I think now it's open, but it's also just there are no rules and just people do whatever they want. So I think in my opinion, especially, Fran, if you're worried, just don't, just ignore it. You have to because otherwise people will never write another word if they look at their reviews, you know, and if, if it's a bad one. You know, um, I don't it know doesn't I, bother when, me that it's a bad one. It bothers me that they put one star, then put anything else. They just well, they don't read. Well, right. Well, you know, that's you know, they Quentin Tarantino, who did uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Did you see that movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I don't know. It was really, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. But he I was on TV it, yeah. the other night. Yeah, and so he wrote a book. And I, I was listening to him, and what I, I believe in that because I took my scripts and made them into books. But, right. you know, and I looked up his book, and he got some reviews. They hated it. They didn't like this. They liked the movie. You know, and, I mean, <laughs> he was very happy because he felt after he wrote the book, I mean, after he did the screen, you know, after he did the movie, there was more that he wanted to talk about with the characters, which as a writer, you get that sometimes. You know, if you're certainly doing this in, the, in a movie, there's a lot more you don't know about the person. So he did it, and he got all – I looked it up, and I couldn't – when I looked it up, I was shocked. And people – you know, there is a difference between a movie and a book. And people, for some reason, go crazy when they have to, you know, th- say something about a book or a movie because it's not the same. And he was trying to explain yeah. that, but I really don't think people were getting it. But I understood it because when I write from a screenplay, I changed my screenplay so much. I mean, I've changed my book so many times from the screenplay, I don't even recognize it because I've changed when I'm writing it. I know more about the people. Yeah, but that particular movie, too, Once Upon a Time in uh, I loved it. Uh, 
I loved it too, but it also was the kind of movie I know there were people who hated it, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, I remember uh, going into it with a little bit of, uh, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to like this. Yeah, because and, you know the story. Uh, what and, happened? <laughs> yeah, and of course the ending is I thought it was brilliant, which we won't talk it about. It was because terrific. I want to give it away. Fabulous. But um, it was unbelievable. But, uh, but I walked away thinking, yeah, but it isn't. You know, there's some movies that pretty much everybody goes like, oh my god, that's just a great movie. There, there yeah. were people who didn't like that movie for all sorts of you know reasons yep. uh, a yep. lot of people did um and you know like you and i i thought it was one of the, i thought well not only did i think it was a movie i thought it should have won the uh the oscar that year because yep. the, movie, the movie that won the oscar i thought was terrible and i thought that that should have won but it but it he he writes very unique and he's very different than anybody else i, I mean he's not that's why he wins a lot of awards and he he's not your usual writer. He takes the he takes a step that people are afraid to take. Now, but in the movie, when he changed the ending of what the story was, everybody was that was so like, oh, what a great ending! Because no, every, when you're watching the movie, you were going like, oh, I hope you didn't want to know what the ending was. And then, all, and, then right. and then you and then you and then you think remember the title and you go, oh my God, that's the title. Yeah. It's Hollywood. Yeah. You know, it's like I know. it's it not, is Hollywood. It's not necessarily. <laughs> right. uh, it's not. But but see, right. there, the, the other thing of that movie, there was a lot of rules broken. Cause it's a very long movie, and uh, there oh, yeah. are a lot of long scenes uh, yeah. involving uh, uh, yeah. DiCaprio and, and the Brad Pitt yeah. characters, which really, um, you know, if you were going to, I mean, you could say, well, they didn't have to be that long, and they, they, they're not terribly relevant to the movie they go on. So he takes a lot of chances like that, but because he did that, I thought it made the movie, you know, he's not following the rules. He's doing, you know, what he, it's like Pulp Fiction, which broke every and rule of screenwriting exactly. and jumping all over the place, you know, but. Uh, but isn't that good in some ways? I mean, don't, isn't that good, Fran? Don't you think when you're reading a book and somebody really does something unique, you really like it or hate it? <laughs> that could be going either way, I guess. Well, I, I do, but you know what really got me? I won't tell you. I won't tell you which author. Yeah, maybe I will. Uh, why don't you read the darkest place? By, why don't you read the darkest place by Philip Margolin? Yeah, and Phil emailed me. I love him, and he said I'm going to send you the book myself. And they said okay, and I read it. I go, you have to be kidding! You didn't just do that to me. And <laughs> wait, wait, wait till you. Yeah, um, I have to read that. I have to read that. I like his tre- stuff. Yeah. Shock treatment. I can't tell you who. Shock treatment in chapter four in the court scene, and I went. I had to go out and get a box of tissues. I said, yeah. I wow. can't believe. Yeah, I Great. can't believe you did that. Now, what got me was I just finished um, Chain of Command by Mark Cameron, the new Clancy book. It's mm-hmm. coming out in two weeks, and I just finished um, Midnight Lock by Jeffrey Deaver. Now. I have my opinion of it, and I I don't read any reviews until after. And I did read the Kirkus review on both of them, and I went like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. Um, yeah. That 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 shocked me because basically, I thought that Midnight Lock was interesting. But if anybody wants to become a lock, you know, lock picker, this is a good book to learn. I can tell you now. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. Some of these things, you know. Um, yeah, this is scary. <laughs> Fran and I were kind of talking about this right before the show about guns in the country. You know, you know how to shoot a gun, right? Because you were a veteran, you know. But I, I, well, I, I haven't, I haven't, I shot a, I shot a rifle in the military. I haven't shot, used a rifle since or a gun since. But yeah, okay. But I mean, I, you know, it's like the way the world is now. I mean, I would be afraid if, like, let's say I'm in a shopping center and all of a sudden you know if i'm in if i'm in chicago and you guys are in, in new york so it's like but we have enough crime as it is i can't imagine being next to someone holding a gun and it's okay because we had open guns you know and i'm thinking to myself it's so this is such a strange time now even for writers i mean stuff that we made up and people make up are happening and you know and I think this is a, truly a time for people now to really rethink of some things because I sometimes watch some of the things that I'm watching on TV and go like, oh, my God, did I just watch that? Because we were talking about Dexter. You were saying your husband likes that. 
Texas. Oh, God. You know, and, oh, right, God. But I we watch these I things. So why, this is probably hard for people now. Dick, wouldn't you say, like, to, you know, to try to figure out what life is? I mean, because you watch it on TV. You don't really want it at your doorstep. Yeah, but it's in the news every day. I mean, every time you pick up yes. a story, you'll read it and you'll mm-hmm. say, oh, my gosh, I can't uh, – uh, you know, can't imagine that happening. It's like I always say when I, you know, you'll you'll one of the criticisms you'll sometimes get when you write a book is somebody say, oh, that's unrealistic. It'll never happen. But then something even worse will happen in real life. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing. Uh, there's nothing now that is that shocking. Like shocking because people do things that you go and they have shows about it. You know, and you and you're sitting there, you're watching it, and you're thinking like, who is who else is watching this? Because People get lots of ideas, they, you know, and they don't need help with some of them. But, I mean, and when you really see what's going on in some of the series, because it's certainly, remember years ago, it used to be you have to have good endings and whatever, but people are so over-anxious. Now, that's what the show, Fran and I, we were going to do today, talking about stress and over-anxious. Do you think that, I mean, how do you think about this when people are stressed out, how how do you feel that they perceive all of this? Dick, do you have any you know thoughts on how well, they perceive? I, I, to me, I, I'm not one of those people who think that you know that somebody. Well, you were with Sons uh, of Sam. I mean, you had that. They had that series on Sons of Sam. Yeah, right. Remember well, that? But I mean, I that, mean, was, that was not 40, a That was from. Uh, that was from uh, you know 45 years ago. So you right, know, but still, uh, that, you know, but yeah. that was an end. But now, yeah, that's why. I mean, it's, it, things like that. You know, we're always certainly the the seventies were always happening. But I, look, I, I, I'm not one of those people who think that. Uh, uh, you know, oh, if I if I write a book about you know somebody killing somebody, that oh, it's going to inspire somebody. I mean, the point. I think people read, you know, watch crime shows on TV and read mysteries mm-hmm. and thrillers and all we do, and that's what I do anyway. I think just read them for escape. I mean, you don't. You I, I you know, it's just I, I it's, do. It's, right. it's 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 you know. Um, it's not, uh, it's, it's, yeah, I don't, I, so I don't, I don't worry about that. The one thing that I do find, and this is my personal, uh, thing with, um, with, uh, books and, and TV shows that I watch or won't show, watch, um, I mean, I can watch a lot of killings and murders and stuff like that, but there are certain stuff that gets so, um, intense and so, Mean spirited and so violent yeah. that I can't um, I can't mm-hmm. do it. I mean I put books down uh, that I was like I just can't read this anymore because it's just too much. It's just too much. And I I you know like I know in my books I've talked about this a lot, but it's like like I try not to be too specific. Like if somebody dies, generally we come across the person after they're dead, and you know maybe right. we find right. out what right. happened right. to them. Right. I don't write a lot of scenes where somebody's being tortured and in horrible yeah. pain and things oh, like that. Yeah. Uh, so um, so I mean mm-hmm. I, those are the things that I find in whether it be TV or movies or uh, or, or or books. Uh, I can't uh, I can't I just personally can't handle it, and so I I tend to stay away from those both in right, what I read right, and in right. what I write. You know. Right, and Fran, you read some books that I'm sure you're you can't believe. I, I, I've been, the last couple of mystery books, um, I had to overlook. I just passed the, the murder things because, you know, they cut somebody's throat or they stabbed him in the heart and they broke off his arm and whatever, and I go like, okay, I don't need to hear this. And I, yeah. I like it after the person's dead and then they do the yeah. Emmy, whatever. Yeah. But the, yeah. the last couple of books I've been reading are like, help, you know, why, 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 why am I reading this? And the other type of books I said the other day were um, self-help. I've been getting a lot of books that I didn't know I was getting. I mean, publishers are just sending them, and I'm going like, well, that's too bad because you go on the bottom of the pile because I don't want to read this. Yeah. And then I have one yeah. about the Me Too series, and I didn't ask for that either. I mean, right. I feel bad if somebody sends me a, a book and stuff, and I don't want to read it, but if it's too violent, um, yeah. I just sort of pass over it. As my, the book that I read on the Holocaust is excellent, but when it came to the part about what the, the graphic part about um, the concentration camps, I had to pass over it. I couldn't read it. Yeah. I mean, I read the whole. Yeah. I could not read that because knowing that my grandmother went through it and her sisters, I said, you know what? I, I know what I know what I know what, but I don't need to read. And it's rare that I'll just toss a book on the side, and sometimes I just stick it underneath on the bottom. And if the publicist says what happened to it, I go, I guess I didn't get it. 
I think a lot of times when people are doing the Holocaust books, I think they're doing stories about the stories that they heard. Like, you know, like when I did mine, I did it from the person. Sailor was alive, and we did it on a day. I actually interviewed her, like, almost every day for a while till we finished. But when they're telling the story, they don't always do it so graphically. They can't. They remember each person that was in the Holocaust remembers the story the way they remember it. And it's constant. That's all. And probably some of the things they had to block to in order to live a normal life afterwards. And yeah. I, I think just so if when people are writing a story about the Holocaust, they go more, you know, more with some of the graphic scenes that not the people that are that have been in the Holocaust. She wrote it about her mother and her aunt. And she got straight from her aunt before she, yeah. before her aunt died. And then yeah. there's pictures of everybody in her family, hundreds of pictures. They're beautiful pictures of pictures that the people that died. And their biography is underneath, and I just read some of them, but I got tears in my eyes. I couldn't read them all. How did they but get all the is, pictures? Did they get them afterwards? Her because, mother, you know, most of the people lost mother, all their pictures or photos. When her, mother, when her mother died, she found them in, in some kind of... Um, chest or safety deposit, whatever it was, she found her files and everything, because she never talked about it, her mother. When her mother died is when she found out everything, and obviously it is true, because she met her, she was able to, um, she texted her uncle, who's 99 years old, and she got in touch with him, and she was able to yeah. find out information about him. Because most of I them mean, are gone I, now, most of them are gone now, I, you, yeah. know, the, you know, and that's, I know, that's the, how the I found thing, that I have you know, a cousin. Yeah. But I think that, you know, I think that people, you know, are, you know, I think that's why I think I agree with you, Dick. I think they watch things to a point of what they're watching and they they close their eyes if it's too graphic sometimes maybe because yeah. but they want like a thriller or mystery and you know, you can still explain something. But I mean, dead is dead. So if somebody got killed, that you know, you don't have to do minute to minute of exactly what happened, you know, and right. Um, I think and, people and can lot, make it up and, in their minds. A lot, a lot of things just depend too on yeah, and how, on the skill of the writing and the, and also yes. the character. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the 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 thing that I always like, there's like I say, there are TV shows that I wouldn't watch for these reasons. But you mm-hmm. know, one of the one of the most popular TV shows uh, uh, for a number of years, and certainly one of my favorites was The Sopranos. And if you think about yeah. it, I mean, it, these are horrible people. They kill and they do these terrible things. But you don't, when you're watching it, you're <laughs> yeah. kind of laughing and it's fun and, you know, and it's like, and that's just, that's like David Chase, who's the, you know, the writer creator. Yeah. That's just it's great incredible. writing. That you, yes. You've taken somebody like Tony Soprano and made him likable, even though he's yes. not likable. He's a horrible no. he's a horrible person. And I just think, you know, as a writer, when you can do that and you can kind of – because, you yes. know, as a writer, you're constantly being told by everybody, oh, no, no, you have to make this person like – you know, they, mm-hmm. they have yeah. to do this, like, you can't right. do that. they got to be likable, likable and everything. Right. And I always love – I always use the example of the uh, – the most, you know, one of the most popular books and one of the most on the unlikable people is uh, Gone Girl with Gillian Flynn because yeah. that mm. book breaks every rule in the thing. There are no likable characters. There's nobody sympathetic, uh, uh, and uh, there's no reason to care about any of these people. But it's fascinating, and it's just because of the way she was able to write it. So, you know, that's the trick. But when somebody writes. Um, the details of stuff in a way that makes me cringe. I'm presuming mm-hmm. there are other people too. I just won't. I just yeah. can't. There comes a point in a book where I can't read it anymore, and I'll just right. put right. it down, even if it's right. a good book. So like, I or I'll skim over that part. You know. Right. So I think, and that's true. And I think, you know, and especially, you know, now because we have Netflix and a lot of these things, you know, because yeah. production companies, the major ones years ago, didn't put some of this, a lot of this, but now you know, there's a lot of freedom in what you do. And so they can do whatever they want. And and I should should add, I don't know that it's connected or not, but we talk about, so I don't write really violent scenes. I mean, I have a lot of violence in my books, but it's, as Fran would say, it's after the fact. But I actually um, (laughs) feel the same way, in a different way, about uh, about sex scenes, you know, because I very, I mean, my Mm. character, Claire Carlson, she has sex with a lot of people. She's kind of pretty yeah. loose and all that. But I try not to, like, dwell on it. You know, I kind of like, well, this is what happened, and she did it. Uh, but I don't try and write some 
graphic, detailed thing. It's much no, more like I a, think a you, murder. They go to bed and they wake up in the morning, you know? Right, because when you write, you write, you write, you almost, well, I think when I'm reading your writing, or listen, I listen to it, it's how you talk. I mean, well, I can hear when I'm listening, because, you know, I do the audio books, but yeah. I know, you know, and knowing you, you know, I don't know a lot of some of these authors, you know, but I know you, so I could hear how you're talking, you know, and your characters just flow right along. You don't, you know, and that's why you you write a woman, like we we talked about that before, but when you write, you just write a story. And so I think people sometimes, they tend to think, oh, I should add this or I should add that. Fran, you know this all the time. Some of the stuff that's in the stories, don't you want to skip? Right. Because they, uh, they put quite a, quite a number of times. I, I don't read sex scenes because I can figure it out by myself. I don't have to, you know, <laughs> you know, been there, done it, know it, whatever. Don't, right. don't have to see what I already know. Yeah. And it, it gets gets boring. Also, the other thing that I can't stand is when every other word is the F-bomb, the H-bomb, yeah. and all the C-bombs. Yeah, um, yeah, they, yeah. They, don't, they don't need them. And I just read, uh, really, Echoes of Fate. It's a YA book. And they sent me this the third book in the trilogy, so I had to go back over the reviews for the first two so I'd understand what happened. It was excellent. It's just that the first chapter didn't need a whole bunch of bad words. It sort of took something away from it. And when I wrote the review out, uh, they they love what I wrote. I have no idea why, but they do. They said it was excellent. They love what I wrote. And that made me feel good. But still, it was it was excellent teaching kids how to you know live together, how you you know uh, YA kids beloved know how to empower themselves, and it would be fun to live for thousands of years and help people, and <laughs> and, and destroy the people that are after you, whatever. But I, I can't send words books with too many bad words, so maybe it's just me. It just turns no, me off because it's, a, it's you because you don't too. like to read you don't like to read any erotic stories or anything. I, I mean, no, I, I have won't. a lot of these erotic. No. <laughs> I have a lot of erotic authors no, on, I, I and they're really great people. Wanna, you know, they're so much fun like to have to read, on, and the um, horror writers, you know, that I have I on uh, groups. Yeah, but you know, but when I've had a few on lately, talking, you know, horror writers, and when they write, you know, it it really isn't like it people think it is sometimes because it's just to me some of them are very dark thrillers like they're not it, mm-hmm. you know it's not slash all slash and i think that's why i've had a lot of these shows in the past because trying to show people that they're not all slash you know because horror writing is is an it's a different kind of art it's a different kind of book like you know it's not a rom it, well it could be romance but not you know mm-hmm. there's romance in a lot of them but some of these writers, I mean, they're really good writers. And sometimes when they put it in the category horror, people won't, you know, they don't want to read the book. They go, I don't want to read horror. But honestly, it's they're not really horror because some of the things that we were just talking about are more horror than in a horror book. <laughs> yeah, Brian Mullen is fantastic. Watch. I love him. I love him. But my, my Faces Behind the Stone series is they consider that horror, believe it or not. It's just told from the dead body that the dead person that did something bad deserved to be yeah. there. Oh, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> well I, I just want you know, just getting back to the cursing. That, that's a that's always a yeah. tough balance, and I know I sometimes yeah. uh, have to struggle with that. I mean, there are people I know I've known oh, who never will use any kind of a curse word, and then there are ones they use too many. Um, yeah. And I yeah. find myself sometimes I'll go through and clean up the copy because. Um, I mean, there are times you need it in my thing. In other words, I have a lot of scenes set in police stations and newsrooms and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's how they and talk. It, it is the way people talk. So, like, yeah. if somebody wants to say, you know, they're not going to say, instead of, you know, they're not going to say, oh, gosh, that's disappointing. They're going right. to, you know, like, they're going to yeah. say something. Or, you know, yeah. if somebody really wants to tell somebody to F off, they're not going to say, yeah. oh, please go away. You know, so you have right. to, there are moments when you need to do that. Yes. And, but a lot of times you don't have to. And I, I find, I will actually go through my books and uh, change a lot of, uh, uh, I will eliminate a lot of, 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 of curse words that I don't think are necessary. Because I watch a lot of shows, like, you know, I watch Succession, and I love it. Right. But there are people that won't watch it because he, they, every other word, there's not, I mean, every other sentence is, he can't, but that's his personality. So he is the kind of, that, you know, and they're really, the, the characters, I don't know, a lot of these characters now are not that redeeming, you know, I mean, yeah, on TV. Yeah. You know, he's, you know, he, I mean, that show has quite a few, but, 
you know, and they swear every five seconds. I mean, they really do. But you know, and it doesn't really bother product, me. But there are people the that time. stop writing. They stop reading. But that's the time I mean, because because think about it, Marcia. Like 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 whatever. Thirty years ago, before we had you know yeah. cable and HBO and yeah. all those things. No one swore. You weren't allowed to swear on network TV. Nope. So if you were watching Columbo or whatever, nobody's swearing. No. Nope. Um, and know, now, uh, and now they do it on every show. So it's I never just, used it's to swear. <laughs> I used to have a hard time <laughs> you, when I did screenplays. I go like, oh my god, yeah. and then yeah. I learned how to swear. Okay, and so then now I swear quite a bit, but yeah. in regular life too. You know, I can't help it. That's just how it is. But I remember that years ago. No, you're right. People didn't swear. You know, like I, I watch Navy Seal which I love, and Navy SEALs now just went on Paramount instead of being on CBS. Mm-hmm. So the one thing I noticed is now they're swearing and in the scenes because the way they yeah. talk to each other. And they didn't do that when they were, you know, I, I, I watch the dialogue a lot. I, I think right. people that write a lot of dialogue, I'm, I, that's like my husband, he's just watching. So I go, what did they say? Cause I don't know. I'm thinking like I, know, I like to hear every last word that everybody says. So they swear now, you know, because they're on a different yeah, network. Yeah, but you know one thing I've noticed, too, um, a, a number of places, I think Goodreads does this, like if you do, if you do a book giveaway on Goodreads, and I know um, some of the groups that I've dealt with, like Partners in Crime, which, you know, you have book giveaways and some of these things. Pretty much when you submit a book to them, there's a category, there's a question there that will say, well, two questions, one of which will say, yeah. does this yeah. book contain excessive uh, mm-hmm. cursing? Yeah. And the other will yeah. be, are there explicit sex scenes? You know, and yeah. uh, uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm gathering from that that there is an, a, a large segment of the audience or a significant segment that, that, is, that doesn't want to see that. They don't want I know that. specific I know. sex scenes. They don't want a lot of cursing. Now, in my sweet romances, like, I don't put any sex scenes in, you know, and in my Virginia, like, I, have, I, I wrote a lot of sex scenes, but it was hard for me, and I just think, you know, sometimes it depends on the characters, you know, but I know Fran does not like that, you know, and so I think <laughs> that, you know, and I've told her, right, I've said, try this, you know. Right. Well, you, you know the you know the classic one I I remember always hearing, and I haven't read it. Well, uh, 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 John uh, 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 writes the books now, but Donald Bain used to, which is Jessica Fletcher, the murder she wrote yeah, books. I and know. Uh, there is no, I mean, at least maybe there is now. But when Donald Bain was writing them, it was like, I mean, not only was she not having sex, she wasn't kissing <laughs> anybody. You couldn't. She wasn't. A man was not allowed to touch her hand even yeah, in his books. Yeah, yeah, That's how yeah. that because. So whoever yeah. uh, they had these rules of what you know what yeah, Jessica Fletcher would yeah. do and what she didn't do, yeah. and that's what her fans uh, fans wanted. Now I know right. I think John has bent a lot of some of those rules. I think he's tried to push the character, uh, uh, you know. And so I don't know how if it's the same now, but uh, I always found that fascinating that you you couldn't even like hold hands with Jessica Fletcher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jessica Fletcher books that John wrote were fantastic. The fact that they took it away from him was a mistake. So oh, they did. I didn't her, know that. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a whole other story. They took it away. Um, he wrote six or seven. I read all of uh-huh. them and reviewed all of them, and they were probably some of the best Jessica Fletcher books. The only thing that was changed is that he taught her how to use a cell phone, taught her how to right. use a computer, a laptop, right. and she worked more with Sheriff Mexico. And at right. times he called her Jessica instead of Mrs. Fletcher. But there were no boyfriends. I mean, she met somebody, but no sex scenes or anything like that. But she, you know, she said hello to people. They took it away. I know why, and I can't say it out loud. Uh, they took mm-hmm. it away from her, from him, and somebody else is writing it, and I did not ask to read it. He, oh, he I was, didn't it, know his, his series was so exemplary. Well, he's got a new series, and the book is sitting on my, um, it weighs more than me, the, the book, uh, Murder in the CDC. He's got the Margaret Schumann Capital Murder Series. Mm-hmm. So this is the second one that we're going to do in February, but they did take it away. I can't say why, but they made a mistake. And I read. Well, he, uh, read, he, t- he, he did it after Donald Bain died, right? He took it over yeah, from Donald did. Bain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then somebody, somebody else is writing them, and I read, um, you know, the promo, and I read the summary, and I'm saying, this is not Jessica Fletcher. This is yeah, not where the books yeah. are, t- and these are not the characters that whatever. So I actually did not offer to read it, and I won't. What? You know the, the 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 you know people always make the jokes, but it's like I, if you actually check the numbers on Jessica Fletcher, 
and Cabot mm-hmm. Cove. It's like it's it's like astounding. I don't know. There've been like 350 murders there, and there's like yeah. 2,000 people in the town. It's like amazing, you know. Like virtually everybody in the town uh, uh, dies, which is the <laughs> ultimate suspension of belief. And there's a you know there's a whole kind of weird thing on the internet which I didn't realize until recently when I was uh, writing about this for some article uh, where there's a whole and it's obviously tongue in cheek but that Jessica Fletcher is actually a serial killer and she's killing all these people you know oh so my God. It, 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 is, it is uh, but it is it is the classic case the little town of Cabin Cove and every time you turn around somebody's getting murdered <laughs> well, that's what that's what Deb Pines is writing in her Plague Among Us. Where Mimi Goldman is a is a reporter, and everything right. where she goes, she solves the murders. Actually, right. she's coming on um, next month, and the book is really good. She's got good. a Jessica you know, Fletcher kind of flair, yeah. And she's a reporter. You would like her. No, she's, well, she's, she's, no, she's, she's on the copy desk reporter. of the New York Post. And uh, yeah. and I didn't work with her. This is long after my time, but I've met her. And uh, she actually has written – she actually writes some of – has written some of the really good, uh, great uh, front-page headlines uh, in the Post. And uh, so, yeah, she's a journalist. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah, the book. See, the book, I, is, yeah, the book you know, is life. Cute. You know, so do you think that life? Well, I think when writing and life, they do intertwine. I added that, you know, to the show page because the writing life. I mean, things that we know about life does come in the books. I mm. mean, it, it writers write real. You know, well, and, everybody I, yeah. is different, but I know I pretty much everything in my book is based on. You know, something that I know, whether it be, you know, we were talking in the beginning about me being a yeah. veteran and I was in Vietnam. Yeah. Well, like my current book, Beyond the Headlines, uh, there's an entire subplot that involves mm-hmm. Vietnam back in the late 60s, early 70s, and it plays a big role in the book. Um, and that's because, you know, I, I'm interested in that because I did it myself. I know it. I mean, right. I write about newsrooms because I worked in the media. I write right. about New York because I live in New York. I mean, not everybody does, but I think an awful lot of writers, they, they draw on their, I think on they their yeah. past. And, their, and I think that makes it good because, you know, if, if I write a book about a doctor – I would have to do a lot of research about being a doctor, but if I'm writing a book about being a journalist, I don't have to, you know, I'm I'm telling you what it's like. So um, you you have that authenticity, I think that is. is well, that I doesn't think mean true. you can't write about other kind of characters, but I I think it's really good. You know, it's like why John Grisham is so good writing about lawyers because he's got he brings right. that to the table. Well, and that's why I, I I don't know really my, you know I think that's why people you know I think I, I'm not a world traveler but I think that people are they you know they travel to Italy Spain whatever they can write differently because they're right there you know mm-hmm. they and it, it, it's something about being there where they get the feeling of how life is in Italy or Spain or France or any of those things so I think that helps I'm not a traveler so I, I do stick to a lot of you know. Uh, my character did was in Paris, but I do stick to Chicago a lot. And I remember when I did yeah. screenplays, you know, um, I have this I had this client that he was doing screenplays, and he we did some together. And so he would say, why Why do you have these scenes with people like having hot dogs and they're walking on Michigan Avenue and they're doing this? I go, well, that's because what it's like. And I, he goes, yeah. and yeah. there's so many limos you put in there, and they all have. You know, pretty rich. I said, well, this is kind of like Chicago, you know, in that place. He lived in Utah. So it's very different. You know, and, and that's and, important. You know, like if I were to, like I've never really been spent much time in Chicago. I think I've been through it once or twice. Yeah. Uh, if I were to write a book and have a scene in Chicago, and I were to go and Google all this stuff and research it, and I wrote that scene, I'll bet if you wrote, you read this scene, Marcia, you would be yeah. that uh, it doesn't quite have the right feel because I don't know it. I don't have that. I'm no, I don't have that experience. Uh, I, I think. It's but you really know important. New York, and Fran knows. I know, and that's York. why I write I mean, about New York. That's what, right. And when, Exactly, and when I and when I and when I uh, when I have uh, Claire outside the country, like I'm writing uh, the Dana Perry books are set in Martha's Vineyard. Well, I've spent like you know 20 years up in Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard, so I know that area. Um, and uh, if I go someplace for a conference or something, maybe I'll write. 
you know, if I go to Dallas, maybe I'll throw a scene in about Dallas. But I, I just think it's important. Uh, if you mm-hmm. if you try and write about something you don't know, uh, that, that that's that can be very uh, dangerous and, uh, and I was, uh, treacherous I because, because you can make true. you can make mistakes, and they're not just factual mistakes, but but mistakes that. You just don't have the feel of, of you right. know, there's, there's something about the feel. Like you were talking about Chicago, like I, right. you know. Yeah. And, and I write, and you have when, I write with the people have families, grandparents, they have grandmothers. I That was a very big part of my life. Right. And, you know, so I add that in. I'm, I'm superstitious. So my characters, I was talking to one of my friends the other day. I have so many superstitions. And my characters, a lot of them do. I can't help it. It just comes out in them, you know. But that's because I have that. You know, I can't help it. Sometimes I, they're in a scene, and I, I just know they're superstitious, so I say something. But not everybody is, you know. So for me, it's just natural to think of that because I was raised like that. You know, my whole family was superstitious. Not that I love being superstitious. And we had this mm-hmm. whole discussion about why don't I stop. I go, I don't know. I can't stop. <laughs> How do you stop being superstitious? You can't, you know. And it's just, you know, we all have different parts of us that do come out. You know, in us. I mean, that's and, how and I, I think. And I think the other thing besides yourself is, is and because I work on this a lot, is you also want to draw things out of people that you meet and see. So, like, if you meet somebody oh, yeah. who's a real character, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, yeah. then you can draw some of that. And, you know, people always say to me, like, well, where, where, who is Clara? I said, well, Clara's like a, a lot of people that I've met yeah. sort of put together in one. Um, and, uh, uh you know, as we go through life, we meet a lot of people who are who have unusual characteristics, and um, th- those are great to to draw on too. I mean, I probably do that more than uh, some of it. I draw on myself, but I don't know. I think it's sometimes it's a lot more interesting to draw on. You know, when I mean, if you you know, if you go to the store and you meet some funny guy like behind the counter making you know jokes or something, you, you know, like, well, I could use some of that. I could use that character for something. You know. Yeah, I, I like to hear it a lot, and that's one of the things about the pandemic. And I heard, you know, Fran was talking today on her show about a lot of the places that she used to go to. She doesn't get they're, – they're out of business now. So, and I don't talk as much to people like I did because I'm not going to the same places that I did before. But, Fran, you know, didn't you – you had a lot of interaction with people in your neighborhood, Fran. Yeah, I do. I go into the bakeries in the morning because they make the rolls the way I like them. <laughs> and they make and they and they know to save me one Danish and if they don't they're gonna be in hard trouble. Because you see what happens when the owner needs singles, he knows who to call. And so did but you, you know you have them. my singles? You know them and you talk I know to yeah, them. I know them to a point. And I walk in yeah. and the people, you know, I'll say good morning to them or whatever. And this morning I said to the owner, to Joe, I said, Do you have a smile? I mean, you know, it's yeah. okay, I'm here to visit you, blah blah blah. Yeah, he he's could be he's like has PMS all the time. What can I say? But they, you know, well, Dick, I, I think you talk to people too, though, don't you, Dick? I mean, you know. Yeah. I hope so. What they talk back yes. to me constantly? No, yeah, but no, I of mean, course you I know, do. Right. That's how you well, get I write. Back. I tend. I'm one of those people I've talked about a lot. I write among people. I write like I sit in a Starbucks or something and yeah. write because I like to have all that interaction. I, yeah. I wanted to. I just you know something you just uh, mentioned. Uh, I'd mention which one of you first brought it up. Well, we we're talking about the pandemic, and I I had a. Uh, this is like a question because it's something that I've was, been thinking about. Um, uh, you know, the, and the question really is: uh, Do you write about the pandemic in your books? And my answer has always been no. In most of the new books I've read, it's kind of like the pandemic doesn't exist because it's fiction right. and we're not really re- right. relating to it. Um, and I'm right now. I'm reading the new, um, and I think Fran has read this. I'm reading the uh, new uh, Michael Conley book, The Dark Hours. And I read um, that. I reviewed that. I did. Review yeah, it. And, yes, I and, and and you know, my, I mean, his Conley's books are always incredibly uh good uh but he he he's writing about the pandemic and he's actually writing yeah. about the early part of the pandemic before the vaccine and i'm not sure how i feel about that you know i i'm I not sure surprised. i don't know either i know we you know we started talking about it last year on my show when the pandemic you know and everybody goes oh no we're not going to talk about it you know because that was with you know it was that was actually almost a year and a half ago, and but I think because it's lasting so long and it's affecting so many people now, and it's affecting mm-hmm. the way our lives are, that it it's probably going to come up in stories. Uh, you know, I, it's something you can't almost ignore. You know, it's like I was talking to somebody about the 1918 one, and like my grandmother lived to 101 or whatever, and we, she never brought anything like that up. So I that's. We, it's like I never heard about it before. 
Uh, did you? No, did either I didn't. Of you? No, 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 no. See, that's that's the interesting thing. So that's why probably now people will know what we went through because it'll be in books and it'll be on TV. Well, and social media. I mean, you know, I mean, if you think in 1918, yeah. there that's was no true. television. There was probably barely radio, uh, and uh, uh, so so you know, news but did so not travel. But so many people died, and nobody mentioned it. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? You know, it's yeah. like it never it never came up anywhere. You know, and my grandmother was quite a talker. You know, and she talked about you know the pogrom and all the other things. You know. But never that, and I've talked to other people, and their grandparents have nobody ever mentioned no, mine, this at all. No, mine the same. My grandfather, yeah. my grandfather would, you know, because a lot of those people lived through like the beginning of the airplane and television yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. And my grandfather talked about all those things to me, and I never. Yeah, not the first I really heard of the Spanish flu, uh, which I guess the 1918 one, whatever it was called, was uh, was was now with the pandemic yeah. when people have brought it up. I, I didn't even. I just never realized how serious it was. No. Fran, did you ever hear about it? My my mother wouldn't let them talk about anything. It was really oh. weird. She, my mother monitored what I was allowed to read. Seriously, mm. she monitored what wow. my grandparents mm. would tell me. My grandmother told me about her life in the pogroms when nobody was around. We sat down and I said she couldn't read or write, my grandmother. She had cataracts in her eyes she could barely see. And how she cut things and chopped things and didn't cut off our fingers, I don't know. And we would walk to the bakery board. She was counting steps. That's how hard it was. But they never yeah. talked about anything about the war, about the, um, the, that she was in the, in the concentration camp. Yeah. My yeah. grandfather went to the Polish underground to get her and her sisters out. I found that out later on. No one, yeah. no one talked about anything. And my mother, um, they were talking Jewish and didn't know that I understood them every word. <laughs> and yeah, I did. I understood everything the word. But I grew, but I grew up in the South Bronx, and I grew up in a tough neighborhood. And I, it didn't, didn't, didn't dawn on me. There was no, you know, racism, and nobody disliked anybody. It was really weird. Everybody got along pretty much, and you didn't have that in school. And yet, my mom monitored everything. You will wear this, you will do that. Um, and she never talked about anything that about the family. I didn't know about my grandmother, my father's mother, yeah. and, and the horror that she went through just coming here and growing up. I, I could not believe what she went through, and her, she lived with her aunt. In Manhattan. So now people will know. So now people will most likely they know, know everything. Because you know, I wrote they'll know a lot about yeah, this. I wrote, I wrote well, people are writing about COVID in know. general. Yeah. Just COVID, COVID books. I don't want to read you know. about. I don't want to read about the pandemic in any books. I probably would turn them down. And the Michael Connolly book. I don't know what I would rate it. To be honest, uh, Dick, I don't know because I read it. I like the combination of the two together. I like the two characters together, but I just, I don't know. I, I haven't decided. I did write a review. Yeah, I'm, I'm, midway, I'm midway through, so I haven't, I mean, I'm, I, I'm really not prepared. Although, it's what I've read so far, and when, you know, when, when Fran talks about the two characters, for anybody out there who doesn't really, hasn't read Michael Conley recently, um, he's dealt with the aging of Harry Bosch, the longtime detective, by yeah, pairing, like the other her, character better. pairing her with this woman cop, yeah, Renee Ballard. And, uh, but, I mean, I have to tell you, the book so far is pretty much a Renee Ballard book. I mean, Harry yeah, Bosch is a very small part of it. I mean, she goes to him for advice, but but it's really pretty much told through the through the woman character. And uh, I mean, that's a whole yeah. other interesting writing topic, which is how do you deal with it? You know, he's been writing these books for thirty years, and at some point, did your character get old? Or and in his case, he's dealt with it by mm -hmm. creating another character. Uh, sometimes people make the character kind of ageless, you know, and... Well, look at what's happening with Sex in the City. They expected the girls to look exactly like they looked when they were 22. <laughs> right. I mean, and, you know, this is reality, life, okay? And right. when they don't look that way, they're saying, why not? Well, why wouldn't they have aged? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's they're not 25. So that is an interesting thing about what you do with people, you know, especially you're seeing people come back, you know, and which on another note is really good for some of the older characters that are now back mm -hmm. on TV and in movies because they have added them in with young people now. And so that's good. So they're not, they haven't lost their acting career now. They can come out as who they are, you know. 
at that age. Yeah. You know, people yeah. age. Well, you know, people age. Yeah, but, but it's, that's what you know, bothers especially... me too is that people talk to people when they're older. I don't consider myself any age because I forgot what it is a long time ago. Seriously, um, and then they think that because you're older, doesn't that means that you have no mind or that you don't know anything? <laughs> right, or that that's, you that's bad. That's bad. And, yeah, and that bothers me. I mean, I, I know when this girl asked me yesterday this morning what's your date of birth, I said it's one of the months of the year, one of the days in the year. Can't remember. <laughs> sorry, my old times. Yeah. I won't yeah. tell them because you know what. Isn't that I'm old? It's just that they talk to you like you're four. I mean, yeah. I said, excuse yeah. me, but I am the host of a radio show. I'm the author of books, and yeah, I'm pretty smart. My IQ is right up there. Uh, and they look at yeah, me. Yeah, that is a bad thing. That, that's a true. That is true, though. They they do this. Yeah, it's horrible. It, it's horrible. And then that's the first question they ask you: What's your date of birth? I said, My name is Fran Lewis. You figure the rest out. I won't tell them. <laughs> And yeah. I had a goal yeah. for, for, for being I don't know why it should matter so much to people because it, it really does, though, a lot of times. It does. And that's it, it, a bad thing. It clouds thing, their you know. judgment. It clouds their judgment. I went into PT because I pulled a muscle in my right, right knee, and the girl said to me, why didn't you put the year you were born on? I said, because I don't have one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and she looked at me and I said, because I really don't have one. Because my mother actually fudged my birthday. So I really don't know the right year. She wanted me to go to school when I earlier, so she... Sort of like well, my grandmother lied completely the whole time, the whole time, and yeah, it was getting hard for her not to lie when my mother got older. She's because my mother was older, <laughs> and then she was older. So it's like you can't keep lying because how old were you? Like two when you had me? That's what my mother used to say, you know. Because well, but there are a lot of people when you that talk don't want to say their like, age. Well, like you tell yeah, my mother, my sister said I was adopted. She said, you don't really look like anybody, and you probably aren't my sister. And she and we were at a, at a flea market, and she said, the reason why she never had a Shirley Temple doll is because I had it, and she doesn't look like anybody, and she was adopted. Oh and I wanted a Raggedy Ann doll. They felt so sorry for me. They gave me two for free. And, and, yeah, but and the defense said, give you away when you make a reference to something, you know, yeah. whether news yeah. or music, and then people right. are like, like just even yeah. us talking about, oh, yeah, yeah, well, you were there and covered Son of Sam. Oh, wait a minute, that was yeah. in the 70s. If he was a journalist, yeah. then how old I is he? I try not to. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah. you know, Vietnam, you know, well, okay, let's do the math here, you know. And yeah. uh, and then the worst, of course, is music. Like, you'll say something like, oh, I love that song, and then somebody <laughs> will look at you and they'll go, like, uh-huh. who's that? You know, like, you know, and, uh, and then I'll look at them when they'll talk about somebody now, and I'll say, who's that? And you, you know, you remember, remember your your parents doing that, and you you suddenly realize yeah, you, you're in you the same thing. You ever watch some of these? Thing. Well, you you might not like the romantic comedies, but I don't know if you do not. But the romantic comedies, they have all the old songs in them. They, yeah, they okay. lead into yeah. Dean Martin and all of hey, those songs. Hey, hey speaking know. of that, the movie we were talking about, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, how great was the music yeah. in that? It was all the yeah, 60s music. Everything. They, Everything. Did, uh, they did all the, 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 I think Paul Revere and the Raiders, and was all yeah. this stuff from the 60s, you know, so that was yep. great. I, yeah. yeah, you know, and I, because he's not a, he's, he's young and he does all this. It doesn't matter, you know. I mean, you know, this is the way it is. You know, there's, there's something, I don't know if you saw this movie, but I had to remember to tell you this. There was a movie I was, I was talking to you, Dick. Do you watch, did you ever see Random Hearts with Harrison Ford? Sounds familiar, but it's I don't know. It's an old movie. It was on, I don't know yeah. if it was on Peacock I or something. I probably did years ago. You would probably it like it. It's called Random Hearts. It's really a good. It's a good movie, and it's that you can see the difference in how some of these movies were made years ago and how they're made right. now. I mean, yeah. the, yeah. Characters, the characters, you're so into them, you know, and it's not just because it's Harrison Ford. It's just because the characters are good, you know, and it's not flash, you know, where you yeah, just yeah. don't know anything about them. And so I think as writers, you know, we all like that. We like to know about the characters and things like that. It matters, you know, oh, yeah. and writers write for people to read. But if you don't know your characters, your writer, your reader's going to know that there's something up if you switch them around. You know, they like a character that's true. Through the, you know, they can change, but you still should know them, you know, pretty good what they like and what well, they don't. I've like. I've spoken many times and written many times. I wrote an article very recently about how, to me, the character, whether what I'm something I'm writing or reading, is the most important thing. It's more important than the story. It really is. If I yeah, if I, I like a character, yeah. I'll follow that character anywhere, even if the story isn't that great. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, if the character's not great, I just you know I lose interest. 
Fran, how so do you feel about some of the book. Yeah, well, there was a couple of a book <laughs> I read the other day. I hated every one of the characters in the book. Oh, gosh, yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. Um, everybody said the same thing. It wasn't that the book wasn't good. It's just that I, there was no empathy for any one of the characters. The main character was, was annoying. The rest of them were even more obnoxious, and I'm going like, and I have to review this book. Oh, God, help me. I mean, well, we, you know what the else? The only, the only thing that thing that bothers me is that, and they do it with the, with um, the Tom Clancy books. It's not that they're not good, or there's some of the other ones. They start with a plot that's really good, and then they come up with five subplots. And I'm yeah. sitting there saying, okay, wait a minute. Didn't this, isn't this what the main character was planning to do? The president was going to do this. So why did this author bring in 17 other plots and all these other characters that don't need to be there? And, of course, it does help that there's a character list of 10,000 characters at the beginning of the book, so I know who they are. And it took me, and then the book is good, it just took me a while to be able to sort out how many characters. So I wrote on the page, okay, we have this person, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. There were like 10 subplots in the new Clancy book. It's not wow. that it's bad. Yeah, and, and yeah. He, got, he got some interesting reviews from um, Kirkus and from um, Publishers Weekly, and so did Jeffrey Deaver. I think Jeffrey Deaver's book is good, though. And they said the, the last sentence of five of the reviews was, well, hope he does better next time. They, they got annoyed because he was got carried away with locks and explained the different kinds of locks in each chapter. And the guy who Jeff, the are we talking about we talking about Jeffrey Deaver? Jeffrey Deaver, yeah, in Midnight yeah. Lock. I, I I personally loved it. Um, well, I, 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 the one thing I you know I interviewed Jeffrey Deaver and I met him once or twice. And the one thing I always you should find come on my show for this one. He 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 before he writes a book, he writes an outline, and that outline can run up to 200 pages long. I mean, he writes a 200-page outline, oh and I've God. never heard of anyone doing that. So he, and then, so when he writes the book, he's almost just got the book half done already by the time he starts wow. it. Uh, I have never, mm-hmm. I've never heard anybody that did that yeah. before. It, it's a, it, I find that like, I mean, I could never do it, but I just find it fascinating. This yeah, I could not is, do that. It's, it's, I, I'd huge. Be, I, it's, it's huge. It's huge. And I it probably couldn't me... stick to anything like that because then you, your characters, you know, they, you do need room to breathe for them, your characters. You know, they need room well, to change their mind or do a different, you know, or make a decision or do something. So it's kind of, you know, to me it would be not as much fun if I knew everything. Well, Lincoln yeah. Rhyme is a great character. It's just that they brought in um, a whole bunch of other bad people and a whole bunch of other ones. And but, the, but the locksmith was interesting because in every chapter – he tells why he's so good and he's never going to get caught and how he can break into apartment. He breaks into these young girls' apartments just to take souvenirs and just watch them sleep, but he doesn't hurt them. So when they get up in the morning, though. they're scared to death. Yeah. Yeah. But he don't sort of find... like stalks them. It's scary. <laughs> don't you find sometimes that, and I don't mean him because he's very good, uh, but don't you find sometimes that uh, you know somebody can over-research a book because I, that that can yeah. really slow it down too. I, yes. Sometimes you don't yeah, need right. all this detail. I don't need don't. to know exactly how they do that. It's almost That's like they want to show it, off. Yeah. Like I spent all this time doing it, and I'm going to put it in a book. And uh, it, I, I, those are the parts I sometimes will skim over if I keep. Well, reading. right, me too. Right, me too. Right, because those are uh, just the parts that don't even need to be in the book and whoever edited should have told them and if they did tell them they would probably want it anyway so they wouldn't take it out maybe you know yeah that was one of the reviewers a lot a couple of the reviewers said the book was good but they got bogged down with the lock thing and see and that sounded fascinating because i said i mean this this is great if you want to become a criminal and learn how to pick locks and each chapter (laughs) each section starts off with a different kind of lock so if you don't know the different kinds of locks you're going to learn them here yeah I was going to say, Marcia, that's one great thing about being a screenwriter, too, of course. You don't, you're not able to get into all that detail. You, you have to that's put everything right. in like a couple right. lines. And, you, know, yeah. and I, I, you know, and I have all these screenplays, and I keep, you know, and I said, oh, I'll start sending them out again. And then I, because I, I see such stuff on TV, I'm going like, what? You know, that's why when I'm watching some of the older movies, I see the, how they really worked a good story, you know. Yeah. I mean, but a lot of these are not a good story, <laughs> You know, I mean, they don't hold people's attention as much, you know. I mean, people watch them, but then they go, oh, it's not that great. I mean, you really want someone to really enjoy your characters and your what you're writing, not just go, ah, oh, it's not so good, you know. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Anyway, so this has been really good. Anybody have any last words to say, you know, that anything 
Fran, you no, want to just, ask anything? I Duke? just like okay. I say, I've yeah. never, I've never, uh, I don't, I've never been on a show before where we're. Uh, I've been on a lot of shows with Fran and a few with you, but uh, yeah. never where Fran was a guest. So this is a whole yeah. fascinating new experience. It's a whole different thing. See, Fran, there you go. Fran. <laughs> Nobody, you know, I, I've always said I would do um, <laughs> online interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, Marsh is basically the only one that has faith in me to do this. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I w- because I, I know you're really good. And it's like you said, I said, oh, Fran, you're really funny. Why don't you write something funny for a change? She won't do it. <laughs> I, I, there, somebody said that to me in one of the offices when I went into the bakery today. I have a sense of humor. It's really warped. You sometimes. do, but they don't, but they, you know, because look, you read the book and you have the authors on and you discuss what they write, you know, and I have a show where God knows what we're going to talk about. Sure. <laughs> I say hello, and then we have a show, and that's whatever happens. You know, my sense of humor is in my birth That's the best way to do it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you know, and when I have guests like you guys, it's fun. You know, this is, should be fun, you know, and I've been doing this 13 years. Fran has too. We both love it, so it's fun, you know, and Dick, you're a great guest. We both, we've talked about that. You're a really good guest, so. Well, I'm glad, always glad to, uh, always glad to, uh, <laughs> To jump in, and and like I say, okay. I I know on your show, um, uh, uh, Marcia, that you know this I think happened last time too. I come on, I think I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but we always wind up having a yeah, fascinating we do have a conversation. conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the story of my life. What can I say? All right. So thank you both very much. Dick, All right. you wanna just say your thank last you. your next project, Dick, so we just get there. Uh, well, we I would just I would just say that uh, <laughs> I have two books out now. Be on the headlines, the Claire Carlson, and then there'll be another one next year. And if you check out my Dana Perry books, the most recent is Silent Island, and uh, and also this year one called Her Ocean Grave. So um, you know, if you want to read me, there's a lot of my stuff out there right now. Yes, right now you got a lot going on, and and you. Old, you have a lot of old books. I mean, that's the thing. You have other yeah. books to read, you know. And Fran, I haven't decided. <laughs> I have this. I have a few ideas for the next horror. I haven't decided. I might call it the faceless world, the forgotten, because that's how I feel about the world. Or I might uh-huh. do a sequel to Population Zero and say <laughs> the population has returned. This is a new world. Is this what's next? <laughs> I haven't decided, or I might take, you know, kill a few more people off behind the stone. Like My face that. is behind the stone book. The first one, four of the yeah. stories are true. They're based on real-life experiences. I just changed the names, and the other three right. I made up. And if you want to read it and figure out which ones are real, yeah, you could, you'll, I don't know if you will. It's, it's one of my, I had. I went to the cemetery, talked to my sister, and asked her what happened. And I said, wouldn't it be cool if somebody that's dead could really tell us what happened? Well, that, you know what, that's, listen, this is how some people think, though. You know, we always think of yeah. what people, are, you know, when they're gone, what they're thinking. So you write about it. Yeah. I know. That's <laughs> probably going to be my next one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Thank you both very much. And everybody out there, thank, thank you. you for listening. All right. Have a thank great you. day. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.